everyone. Welcome back to the next episode of Words About Biology. Today we're going to be talking about space biology, meaning all the biological research that's currently being done in space. Now this is different from astrobiology, which is the field that's concerned with origins, early evolution, distribution, and future life in the universe. If you know me, um, you know that another one of my interests is astrophotography, so this is kind of a nice intersection of things I'm interested in. The Space Biology Program is run by NASA Science, and the main objective of space biology research is to build a better understanding of how spaceflight affects living systems in spacecraft, such as the International Space Station, or in ground-based experiments that mimic aspects of spaceflight and to prepare for future human exploration missions far from Earth. These experiments include work with plants, animals, and microbes and span topics such as metabolism, growth, stress response, physiology, and development. Mainly, they're looking at how changes in gravity and exposure to space radiation affect these processes. Now, through doing research for this podcast, um, I learned that NASA Science aims to be quite transparent with their research. Um, you can go onto their website, they have a PDF posted there, and you can check out their outline for their biological research through 2025, as well as what they've accomplished since 2010. Today, I'm going to go through some of the more recent research projects that they've done, and then we're going to talk about some of the newest ones that they've launched. In a capsule that reached the ISS on December um, in 2017, there were several bioscience experiments developed at NASA's Ames Research Center. The first item they sent was actually a tool called the Bioculture System. The Bioculture System was a new research facility for the orbiting lab for long-term cell biology studies. The new hardware allowed for real-time remote monitoring of cell cultures and finer control over the conditions in which they grow. The first test was to make sure if it can function properly in microgravity and successfully grow a variety of cell types, and specifically human organ cell types such as heart cells or also bone cells. Generally, the goal of this system was to learn about the effects of growing and living in microgravity or a weightless environment. The second item they sent was an experiment termed Rodent Research 6. The purpose of this experiment was to evaluate the efficacy of a drug called Formoterol, which is a drug typically used to treat asthma and known to stimulate muscle growth. What they were looking at was how or if it could prevent muscle wasting, which is a debilitating consequence of prolonged exposure to microgravity. For this experiment, they flew 40 mice to the ISS each with an implant that would release a small and consistent dose of the drug or a placebo. Now, this was the first time an implant like this was used in space. After 30 days, half of these mice were returned to Earth alive, while the other half remained in orbit for an additional 30 days, after which they were euthanized and their bodies were returned to Earth. 
These mice were also compared with a control and treatment mice that remained on Earth for the duration of the experiment. Results from the study were published in Advanced Therapeutics in 2020. Ballerini and colleagues reported observing muscle growth in both ground and spaceflight mice treated with fermoterol compared to their respective controls. The muscle increase they observed in space mice contributed to an 11% increase in grip strength, which is quite a large difference given the short time frame of this experiment. Overall, this experiment showed the potential for use of drugs like this in our astronauts to help prevent muscle wasting, and also the possibility of using an implant for dosing of such drugs. If you're interested in reading more, I will leave a link to this article in the blog post accompanying this episode. The third research item included on this capsule was the plant gravity perception research. We as humans tend to take gravity for granted, but plants never do. They respond to the pull of gravity, using it to send shoots up and roots down, and to determine their overall shape. The aim of this research project was to discover the lowest level of gravity that a plant seedling is able to perceive. On the ISS, this project used a centrifuge system to stimulate a range of gravity levels. Uh, you can think of this like that carnival ride where you stand against the wall and then it begins to rotate, pressing you into the wall. That's how they're simulating different levels of gravity on the ISS. Understanding how this works could help research develop plants that are well adapted to grow on long duration space missions, or to be hardier for earth agriculture. For this specific work, two strains of mustard seedlings were sent, one of them being starchless. In wild type mustard seeds, starch acts like a weight, falling within the roots and directing them into the earth. These starchless plants will allow us to know whether they retain the same gravity sensory perception as their wild type cousins. The final research item in this capsule was the experiment Microbial Tracking 2. This experiment spanned several months and tracked the population of microbes that live on the ISS. They're similar to the populations on Earth, which initially arrived with cargo or on the astronaut crew. Samples were taken pre-flight, in-flight, and post-flight from the ISS surfaces and air in order to generate an inventory and an assessment of microbial diversity. Once the microbial population is known, the disease-causing potential can be assessed and NASA can predict potential risks to crew health, which is especially important for long-duration missions. More recently, the 21st SpaceX cargo resupply mission launched on December 6, 2020, and it carried another shipment of biological research items. These experiments and their analyses are currently ongoing. First, a mixture of meteorite samples and microbes were sent as certain microbes form layers on the surface of a rock that can release metals and minerals in a process called biomining. This work examines these biofilms and their formation. Now, a biofilm is kind of exactly what it sounds like. It is a film of microbes on the surface of the rock. 
and they were looking at how they form, and then also how biomining occurs in microgravity. Microbe rock interactions have potential for uses for off-Earth settlement, think maybe terraforming Mars, and also microbes could break down rocks into soils for plant growth or to extract useful elements. The second experiment on this capsule was looking at how gravity affects the human heart. It is known that microgravity causes changes in the workload and shape of the human heart, but we do not know how long-term space living affects this. This new research studies how changes in gravity affect cardiovascular cells at the cellular and tissue level by using 3D engineered heart tissues, a type of tissue chip. Now, tissue chips are microsystems that represent units of human organs, modeling both their structure and their functions on a little transparent microchip. Results from this study could provide a new understanding of heart problems on Earth, help identify new treatments, and support the development of screening measures to predict cardiovascular risks prior to spaceflight. Now, similar to this heart research, they also sent brain organoids on this capsule. Now, brain organoids are small, living masses of cells that interact and grow. And they were using them as a model for understanding how microgravity affects the survival, metabolism, and features of brain cells. The future roadmap of NASA's space biology program includes furthering experiments like the ones we've discussed today in an effort to see how biological systems respond, acclimate, and adapt to the space environment as well as continuing the development of physiological models for biology in space and developing a mechanistic understanding to support human health in space. The knowledge they obtain can also be beneficial for life on Earth. Space travel for the general public and the colonization of Mars might be a long ways off, but at least once or if we get there, we'll have a better understanding of how our bodies will respond and how we can make it work. I've just given you a general overview of some of the experiments that are happening in space biology. If you want to dig deeper, there is a lot more information out there. And actually, NASA Science website has a really great search function for looking through their research topics. And if you're interested, I highly recommend you hit that up. As always, I want to thank you for listening, and I hope you maintain your curiosity and interest in science. I will be back in a couple weeks with the next episode. You can find the blog associated with this podcast at wordsaboutbiology.wordpress.com. I'm also on Instagram at wordsaboutbiology, all one word. All right, I'll see you guys later. Bye for now.